blessing to you guys. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, it's going to be a good morning. Let's pray. Father, great is your faithfulness, Lord. And uh, your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, we just want to receive them, Lord. Receive all that you have for us today. This beautiful morning you've given, Lord. Your countenance, Lord, just being upon us. Your Holy Spirit, Lord, speaking to our hearts. Lord, we ask for that blessing of understanding of your wisdom, Lord. The comfort of your spirit, Lord. The guiding of your spirit. As we look at Psalm 23 today, Lord, I pray, Lord, you just open up our hearts, Lord. And Lord, that we just receive and respond to what you speak to each of our hearts today, Lord, as a group, Lord, as individuals, Lord. Thank you for these guys, Lord, coming out to seek more of you. Because, Jesus, we want more of you. So just ask, Lord, your spirit just come upon me now. And uh, each of these guys. And you just have your way with us this morning. Thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 23. written by David. Time frame is kind of up for choice, but uh, as I looked at that, I kind of felt like it was a psalm that kind of followed him through his life. You know, certainly uh, could see that and uh, just as I think we need it. It's uh, one of the most popular, if not the most popular in the Old Testament. See it all around. Uh, at least the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's an interesting thing to me. I wasn't sure uh, what I was going to share on today. <coughs> and uh, I have uh, something that my niece had made for Joyce and I hanging in one of the rooms. And it's uh, Psalm 23. And I was uh, doing my devotional and reading. And I just happened to look up at that, and it was also like this. That's what I'm going to share on. So that's how the Lord spoke to my heart, and how I came to Psalm 23. When I was a little boy, I don't know if it was my mom's or my dad's, but they had this little wooden plaque, I guess you could call it, you know. Had a little diagram of the shepherd and the sheep, the lamb. I had the first verse on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think it puzzled me most of my life. I mean, I, it was always in my room. I looked at it frequently, but, you know, it really didn't go anywhere. It was just there and, you know, going to Sunday school and things like that. And so I know now that the Lord was my shepherd. You know, and he was there protecting me until the day that I came to receive him. Savior, and uh, 
the interesting part of that is I shall not want. I think there's a lot of the world that sees that and think, I don't want. The word says that the fool in his heart will say no to God. I think every time we quench the spirit, we're saying no to God. So I guess in a sense, we're foolish too, even in our salvation. As we're working it out, we make some foolish choices. We say no to God. So when you look at this psalm, and you consider you know, David writing it, what was he going through? He didn't have the Gospels. But he's writing this as if he knew Jesus, you know, knew him as a shepherd. You know? And, you know, sure, we know the life of David. He has his downfalls, okay. But he had a heart after God. I pray that we would all have that heart after God, you know, seeking his heart. And, uh, in the flesh, it's a difficult thing. But he's given us his word. And for good reason. Because we need to be in it. And I'm sure you all find that the more that you uh, are in the word and seek the Lord through it, that things just somehow manage. You know, you got your difficult times. You got times where it seems like it's just smooth roads, just been paved. And then there's other times where it's a really rocky road. And that's one thing I like about this psalm, because I think we're heading into very rocky times. And uh, this can be one of the psalms that you can really hold fast to, you know. So David starts out writing, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isaiah 40, 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead them, those that are with young. Jeremiah 23, 4, it says, I will set up shepherds over, over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. And that's the term there with the, I shall not want. It's like, we won't lack any good thing. The Lord provides for us. He is our provider, it says in Philippians. And uh, he provides us what's good for us. You know? The want part of it really comes out of our heart. Whereas anything that we lack, that's good for us, he provides. And uh, one of those really main things is the word of God. You know, I mean, we need to, you know, take hold of it in a strong, strong way. There are times I find it difficult to get into the word. I try to read through it. There's something I just shared recently. I wasn't, I'm not sure where it was uh, with some people. Uh, here, but um, it was something that I heard that I guess I hadn't really addressed. And uh, you know, just as David had wrote this, and you wonder how he knew, he just he, he 
he sought the Lord, and the Lord spoke to his heart. And he ended up having a really close relationship with God. So you see these prophecies like in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, and they're writing things, and there's prophecy that was written, but the way it was written at that time was the near prophecy. It was the near things that were happening. And then there's the future prophecy that happened later. And those are the things that I would find sometimes for me trying to grasp what the Word is saying. And uh, it's like, so I, I don't feel so bad that, you know, here they are, the ones that were writing it, and they, they might have struggled with it as well. But they would seek the Lord, you know, and the Lord would give you peace. And for us, we have the whole Word. So it's like we have a whole concordance, a whole commentary of answers, you know. The Old Testament, the New Testament, they support one another in, in, in a wonderful way. So I grew up, I suppose, more of the I shall not want kind of. The Lord never let go, you know. I had some good times in the church growing up. But I wasn't born again. <laughs> it almost seemed like it was, I suppose, when I look back and the way I was and thought and so forth. But uh, it was like my teenage years, which seemed to be the years of children go astray. But thankfully, he sustained me as he sustains us, as he sustained David. One of the think times may have been when he was running from Saul that he may have wrote this. Um, also, very fitting when he came against the bear, the lion, protecting the sheepfold. Verse 2 says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's a very kind of restful picture. Comfortable, restful picture. He leadeth me beside still waters. Oh. John 10 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We can rest and trust in that as he leads us beside still waters, excuse me, or promises. When I drive to work, I go uh, the parkway. I had heading, uh, you know, it would be east. And uh, you go by uh, around the Long Pond area, there's a pond, another pond that's more of swampish, and then you got the lake farther out. Interesting when you think the different ecosystems that's happening there, but that the pond is uh, the point I wanted to make. There's times when that thing is just a sheet of glass. Yeah, that still water. And it's amazing the way you can see the reflection. You know, the houses along the one side and then across the area. And uh, I like it in the fall when I see that. You know, the way it reflects, mirror-like. It's just so still. Because a lot of times, even though it's a pond, it's, it's really rough. I'd say most of the time it is. But for me, that was when I read this, uh, it made me think of that, you know. The stillness of the water. Quiet. Restful. Where do we find our peace? Find it in Jesus. 
If he leaves us by his green pastures to lay down by still waters. And thinking about the way still waters reflect, we can reflect as we're in that place of quietness. And reflect on what the Lord wants to do in our lives, what he's doing. Verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He is a God of restoration. He's restored us. He continues in that restoration process. Psalm 5, 8 says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Because of my enemies, make thy way straight before my face. It led me back to the scripture we did uh, when we went away a couple years ago, Brownsville Eternal, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Psalm 31, 3. For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. As the rest of the verse says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So how do we walk? We know when we're here together, hopefully we're walking righteously, but when we're out just doing our own thing in our jobs or out in the world, are we walking in his righteousness? Are we remembering that it's for his name's sake that we're even walking now that we're out there? Jesus is the one to be glorified in our lives as the Holy Spirit lifts him up in our hearts, we can proclaim the name of Jesus verbally, but certainly in our actions and the things we might choose to do and say. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thank you for the song, Mike. I was thinking about that verse as we were singing it. I will fear no evil. There's a scripture verse, Psalm 44, 19. It says, Though thou hast sore broken us in a place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. Just pulling that verse out of there. It's a description of doom, a shadow covering the people, kind of suggests that God had abandoned Israel and that they were going to be, uh, have destruction come upon them. And the uh, parallel to that is, similar without Christ in this world, we're empty and deplorable. That wasn't a word that I'd read, but it was one that I thought was very fitting because of, uh, it seems to be a common word right now, for those who are more of the upright people, they're be call it be being called the deplorables. And, uh, another word to be regretful or lamenting. Uh, when you walk, you're working with Jesus, when you walk into the world, you don't have Jesus. It's an empty life. 
Jesus came to earth to give abundant life to us, to those who believe. I think there's coming a day where, like I said earlier, the psalm will be comforting to us. Because the shadow of death is all around us. The, uh, the peoples who are supposed to be directing and helping the American people seem to do nothing but shrug have fear and want to put us in a place of fear. We don't need to fear any evil. We have Jesus. Um, Psalm 3.6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against round about. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? He's given us his word. There's so much of it. There's, there's so much of it that can be our comfort and will be our comfort. Isaiah 43, 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. We have his promises. Israel has his promises. Verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. There's a lot to this psalm. I'm, uh, I'm just kind of briefly going through it. I think it's worth studying. It's been shared a lot. Um, it's been shared again. You could break it up into like three different parts, two different parts, and uh, turn these into really involved studies. The Word has a lot to say here. But I was interested in verse 5, too. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And how does he do that? Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. My Bible says the Hebrew for that anointest is to make fat. To make it fat. And there's a good serious side to that. I was going to kid around about it because of uh, my family, my mom. She used to call us fat heads sometimes when we were making dumb decisions. But that is what this pertains to here. It's the idea that, you know, you just lather you in the oil and just pour it out. And you're 
go through the Holy Spirit on the foundational studies, the verse for uh, continually being filled. We pray for that continuing filling of the Holy Spirit to overflowing. We're anointed with oil. The word speaks of oil being the Holy Spirit. So we're filled, so our cup is running over. And that's where it comes in with the Beatitudes, the love your enemies. Thou preparest a table for me and my enemies, so in a sense it's preparing our hearts when we have to be in a situation. Maybe we don't particularly care for somebody. Maybe outright we don't like them. Maybe to the point where we say they hate them. I hope not. Like taking a knife and killing them right there. Say, I hate you. Jesus would tell us that if it's in the heart, as if he committed it already. So he anoints us and he prepares us for those moments, those times. You know, I know Dan will share it. We've probably all experienced, some of us anyway, where you're out and you're not sure why, but all of a sudden you share just something good, you know. Maybe it's even the word, but it's just a, an act of love. And even you're not sure maybe why you did that. You know, as you walk away or whatever, and you realize the Holy Spirit just moves through you. You know, that's an awesome thing. When you can just all of a sudden be, in a sense, not realizing you're in an empty state, in a sense, to just let the Holy Spirit take over. You know, those feelings of the ill feelings that shouldn't be there. And that preparest the oil poured out removes that so that your heart is a heart of love. It's Jesus' heart. It's the Father's heart. And you can pour out to somebody. You can share the love of Christ. Plant a seed. And I don't know. I guess it's all of that part. But verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall follow you all the days of my life, of your life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is just a church building, but right now we're in the house of the Lord. The Lord is here with us. He's ministering to us His goodness, His mercy. Where would we be without it? His goodness has led us to repentance, to restore our souls to that place. Amen. It's caused me to uh, think about something. Because the way it ends up, and I dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that we, we have a promised place. Job was a man that was a righteous man. And certainly the Gospels hadn't been written a long time after that. So he didn't have the promise that we have. Let's see, I, I got to look it up here. I don't think I wrote it down. This is Job 14, 14. book right before Psalms. 
actually own. Job 14 is the verse that I'm concentrating on, but I'm going to read from the beginning up to that point. Starting verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost not thou open thine eyes upon such a one? And bringeth me unto judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest, for he shall accomplish as a hireling his days. For there is hope of a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof was old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, will bring forth burrows like a plant, bowels like a plant, excuse me. But man dieth and wasteth away, Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the flood caveth and drieth up, so man lieth down and riseth not, till the heaven be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. And here verse 14 says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my life, appointed time will I wait till my change come. So a lot of people ask that question. Maybe everybody does. Is there life after death? For Job, he never got that answer. Well, he died anyway. <laughs> but uh, in his questioning the Lord, that answer never really came to him. As we have it now, through our Lord Jesus. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus saith unto her, Martha, I believe, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then she asked, Believest thou this? I say, We're all born again here. We believe it. And we do have a hope. We have a hope in Jesus Christ. Should there anybody be listening to this later and in a place of wanting that hope, questioning whether there's life after death? Lord, I just uh, would say this prayer and I would pray and ask that they would pray along. Father, 
forgive me. I am a sinner. And Lord, I want that hope, the hope that there is life after death. Lord, the life that you offer through the shed blood of Jesus. To wash away the sin, make me white as snow. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd come into my heart and, Lord, give me new life. And that the hope eternal would be sealed on my heart. And I would have no doubt no more. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with sobs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth, and the strength of the hills are his also. The sea is his, and he made it. His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. And Father, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you uh, for the promises and the comfort that it has. We thank you for the examples of those in your word. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David, wonderful example. We pray, Lord, that we would be men after your heart. Lord, that we would truly lay aside the things, Lord, that would hinder. Lord, the deep places of our heart that only you know of, Lord, we pray and ask for your cleansing. Lord, we pray for renewed life today in those areas, Lord, that we fail to honor you, Lord, to fail to glorify you. Lord, be lifted up in our lives. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and grant thee peace. Pray these things in Jesus' name.